MP, it feels like every area of life at the moment is undergoing revolution. I'm glad you said that, Bretto, because at this year's Wellness Summit virtual experience, all of our speakers are presenting on the revolution. Yeah, and it's such a topsy-turvy world right now. It feels like everything's been turned upside down, whether it's your finances, your food, your health, your longevity, your family. All of these things are just in such a state of flux right now that we really need to get the experts in to give us the lowdown. That's why we have Jason Witten on the financial revolution, Cindy O'Meara on the food revolution. Kim Morrison on the self-love revolution. Marcus Pierce on the longevity revolution. The great Brett Hill on the resilience revolution. Andrea Huddleston on the hormones revolution. And of course, Joe Witten on the food and family revolution. And for the first time ever, we'll have breakout sessions on the energy revolution, the career revolution. The barefoot revolution, the real food revolution. And the parenting revolution. All this and more at The Wellness Summit, September 11 and 12. Book your tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. I'm not saying what the answer is. I'm just, I created these steps because to me they evolved in such a way that allowed us to be human and have our constraints and our weaknesses and our faults and all the things that we question, but then also to really appreciate the strengths and the beauty and the wisdom and the knowledge and the desire to learn and open up. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Hi there, Kim Morrison here. Look, I am so excited that you are here to join me in my very first show on the Self Love Podcast. For the first show, we decided that one of the best things to do would be to introduce me to you, for those of you that don't know me, and let Marcus Pierce, the amazing co-host of 100 Not Out and obviously a co-host of The Wellness Couch with the gorgeous Dr. Brett Hill, and we thought that he could interview me so that you could find out a little bit more about me and why I want to share the love for self-love. I don't know about you guys, but every single person I've met has gone through some sort of trouble or has had challenges or traumas or upsets or things that have really affected the way we view the world. And I guess really why I wanted to create this podcast was to give you guys an opportunity to tune in and be part of a show that actually sees you, that hears you. And probably even more importantly, sometimes the people going through the throes of challenge may not be up to listening to this. But you, if you're a supporter and a carer of someone going through a tough time, then maybe by sharing the interviews and the beautiful souls that I intend to share with you could give you some beautiful insights, maybe some ahas, and if nothing else, a little bit of magic to make you feel like what you're doing is making a massive difference. I sincerely hope you get to tune in each week, not only... Uh, for the show of the week with the interview, but also the self-love quickies where I get to share with you my love of oils, aromatherapy, herbs, plants, quick tips, self-care strategies that you are going to be able to implement immediately into your world. 
I will be sharing guests on that as well, but predominantly it will be me sharing my love of all things natural and how we can really be the best version of ourselves in this rather complicated, sometimes scary, over-the-top, overwhelming world that is also the most beautiful, surreal, most kind, generous, loving and compassionate thing to be a part of this world too. Welcome to the show, guys. I sincerely hope you enjoy it. Kim, darling, welcome to your very own podcast. It's pretty extraordinary, isn't it, Marcus? Well, I must say, it's about bloody time. Uh, the Self Love Podcast has been months in the making. You have been on Up for a Chat for years, uh, but now you are the head honcho. But for episode one, you are the guest. Uh, there's a lot to learn about you, Kimmy Morrison, but got to ask you question number one. What propelled you to take the leap to host your own podcast, The Self-Love Podcast? I think it's just an absolute privilege to even lead a podcast. But I think for me, the work I've been doing over the last couple of years has really highlighted for me that nobody I have yet to meet has the perfect life. And if I was really to be you know, cut straight to the core, I truly believe that self-love is the foundation for all things, whether it's motherhood, fatherhood, whether it's in business, whether it's in our physical attributes and trainings, whether it's uh, doing what we do for our jobs. It doesn't matter what we do, who we are or what we believe. If we have a value for our own self and if we truly believe in our own worth, then the rest seems to fall into place. So I felt it was time, uh, particularly during these last this last year or so, where we've really been challenged on so many levels, be it physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, that wouldn't it be cool to have a conversation, a podcast that interviewed people about the trials and tribulations, the challenges of life, but also, more importantly, how they get through them. And I don't know about you, Marcus, but when I hear people speak, when I listen to podcasts and interviews, and I hear the way people get through their trials, I feel incredibly humbled to be feeling like I'm a fly on the wall, listening to this person expose themselves, open themselves up, and hear some things that fundamentally connect with me and maybe I could apply into my world so I just felt that um, along with being pushed by you guys, it was time to actually launch something that allowed me to share my passion and my love of self-love. Oh, I'm so glad that you have because I think what you just said there is the thing that I love about you the most and it is that you know, self-love often comes out of the trials and tribulations of life or that awakening that it is so important. Do you find that your challenges in life have almost been because i know a lot of listeners uh have had massive challenges in their life do you feel like it's the it, it is the deepest darkest times of your life that have been the springboard into uh respecting and owning just how important self-love is if we understand the psychology of humans we're either trying to avoid pain or move closer to pleasure and when we do that, we don't want to be in the depths of despair. We don't want to be on our bathroom floor sobbing. We don't want trauma and tragedy. There is no doubt having our hearts broken is one of the hardest and toughest things to endure. But I've questioned so many people and interviewed so many. And what they've all said is when they come out the other side, when they've gone through those, that process of self-discovery and self-awareness, when they've come out the other side, it's not that we're always going to say, oh, I'm so glad that happened. 
but you're almost grateful for the learnings, the opportunity for growth, the ability to look down on your life and become the observer rather than the participant. And it's through those moments and the spiritual awakening and the ability to be vulnerable and the ability to open ourselves up raw and realise we're not alone that I remember one of my psychologists saying, sometimes we have to hit rock bottom to push ourselves back out with both feet. And I think what I've learned over all this time, Marcus, is that no one escapes it. No one avoids it. Yes, there's different levels, but who are we to judge that you who were never told that you were loved by your dad, if that was your story, or you who had had a physical abusive relationship, that that one was worse than this one, or that you who came and was adopted, or that you who was, um, you know, had gone through many illnesses and traumas and things like that. Who's to say any one of these is worse than the other? And what I've discovered is that every one, every single one of us has our own personal journey. And that journey presents us with opportunities for growth and development. And they come in the shape of challenges, trauma, upsets, heartaches, and all the other things that come in between. That without them, we will not work on ourselves. We would happily go through life just meandering through it, thinking life was sweet. And I think if we really are honest with ourselves as a human being to be part of the human experience, we have to understand that trauma and all of those things that occur throughout our life is actually the platform for growth. It almost sounds sadistic when you say it, how much you know, trauma is really the opportunity to grow. But you say it often in your presentations you know, to everyone in the room that's having the best time ever, this too shall pass, and to everyone in the room that's having the worst time ever, this too shall pass. And I think it's um, almost part of our... Almost, I feel like so many people, not just in the wellness world, but people that are almost human beings in general, are trying to avoid, like you said, they're trying to avoid the pain and maybe they can get through life without, you know, jumping into the hurdles and the speed bumps. Um, how do you find, as someone who is really a pioneer, I see you as a real pioneer in this space, you know, I feel like... Um, when you spoke about self-love, no one knew what it was and now it's almost like a buzz term. But how do you feel people respond when they become aware that their trauma and their challenges are the catalyst to their heightened respect for self-love? What does that do for you as, as a leader and almost a practitioner, is not the right word, like an authority in this space? I think I can relate it to a story. There was a beautiful story told of a man who just loved watching butterflies. And this particular day, he watched this monarch chrysalis. I'm sure you're aware that just before they crack open, they go very dark and you can almost see the movement. And then you'll see the chrysalis start to split. And then it can take quite some time if you've had the privilege to watch it. And this man was watching this butterfly struggle and he was looking at this butterfly thinking, the poor thing, it's really not helping. And in his beautiful, noble, generous heart, he got a pair of blunt scissors and tried to open the chrysalis to help that beautiful butterfly come out and transform into the beautiful thing it was meant to be. But in his haste, he did not realize that by cutting that, the butterfly, the the chrysalis did uh, tear open and the butterfly fell to the ground and his wings didn't open. And within an hour, sadly, that butterfly died. And I think if we can be really uh, think about this, that the reality is sometimes we have, well, not sometimes, we have to struggle in order to come out the other side. We have to push through our own boundaries. We have to know what's even possible within us. 
And what the man didn't realize is that through the pushing and the struggle and the birthing of that butterfly to come to fruition, by doing all of that and the pumping and the, and the beautiful way that the chrysalis does its beautiful energetic work is all the blood, if a, if a butterfly has blood, all the fluids that pump into the wings is what actually allows those wings to open. And then you'll see the butterfly sitting on its chrysalis and its wings slowly open and it keeps pumping its wings until eventually it can be in its own space and take off and fly so in my humble opinion having been to India and sat at the foot and had one-on-ones with his holiness the 12th Kenting Tai Satupa my question to him was when I had this amazing opportunity he's the full-on education person in charge of all Tibetan Buddhist monks he sat there and he said what is your question and I said well I just want to know why do human beings have to struggle? Why do we have to go through such hardship? Why and how come? It's so unfair. And he chuckled and he said, oh, very human question, very human question. He said, my dear, if you did not understand struggle, how on earth could you understand joy? If you did not understand lows, how could you possibly understand highs? If you were not presented with the opportunity of fear and hatred, how on earth could you possibly understand courage and love? It is the dichotomies, the extremes of those emotions that has us truly and fully experienced what it means to be human. And then, my dear, it's often in those moments of struggle and hardship that we actually go on a more spiritual quest. And that is the opportunity for being broken open. Wow, I just have goosebumps. Uh, I'm visualizing you sitting at, at the foot like a little girl at school going, teacher, teacher, I have a question. Um, but it's so true. And I think uh, when I listen to you talk about this, it's almost like we, we must almost actively seek challenge in our life to make life a little bit more difficult, to avoid the trappings of an easy, comfortable life, which so many of us do. I look at, um, well, I, I think about, your life and your history and I'd love to bring up particularly for the listeners that are just getting to know you now Kimmy and you're I've known you for probably almost 10 years but for those that are just getting to know you now um, you're not talking about this from a high horse you know having experienced uh, very little stress you've experienced family suicide you've experienced financial oblivion for want of a better term Uh, you've experienced uh, all types of bereavements you've experienced sexual abuse you've experienced Oh, I, I could I could keep on going on, but I would love to know for you specifically for those people that are going, yeah, this is all great, but how does it relate to me? Well, would you be kind enough to draw on one or two of either the experiences I've just mentioned or one or two other events of your life that you can feel the profound blessing in disguise or silver lining for the self-love that you have created for yourself? as a result of some of those greatest challenges in your life? I remember lying on my bathroom floor. I couldn't breathe and my marriage was over. My husband had gone through a world of depression and he openly allows me to share this story. He'd lost his sister to suicide, as you mentioned. And we'd just moved to Australia uh, from New Zealand. So here we were as the headline in the papers over here said, Morrison's moved, Danny Morrison moves to the Sunshine Coast to put some sunshine back in his life. That is exactly what we'd done. We'd lost our house in a property deal that had gone wrong and his sister to suicide. And it just felt like it was the opportunity to recreate, reinvent ourselves. 
But as I was lying on my bathroom floor now, having got here and then seeing my husband and realised the world of pain and depression and alcohol and, and all the things he'd done while he was travelling as a commentator, and I was about to launch my business and the rest of the money that we had sitting there ready to launch this new business and our new book had just all disappeared through the 2008 financial crisis and, and collapse. I remember lying there sobbing in with the shower falling all over me and my girlfriend came in to me and she said, oh, sweetie, come on, you've got to get up. And I said, I can't. It's the one time and only time in my life. And I know I do have rose-tinted glasses and I know I do have a glass-half-full attitude. But it was the one time in my life I thought, screw it. I got nothing. I have got nothing. Not even for my 10- and 11-year-old kid at the t- kids at the time. Not for anyone. Not even for myself. And I said, well, how the hell are we going to launch? We needed 40 grand within a fortnight to get this book and business off the ground. And I looked at her and I said, you know, maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is the universe saying give up. And she looked at me and she picked up my face. I'll never forget it. She said, or maybe this is a sign. The universe is saying, how bad do you want it? Mm -hmm. And I remember having been an ultra marathon runner, having pushed myself through bodybuilding and all the different things that I've done physically to myself. When you just said before, the importance of pushing ourselves or looking for discomfort or getting comfortable being uncomfortable, that is the opportunity for human growth because we can all sit comfortably. We can all quit things. We can all give up on things. We can all choose and eat things that aren't good for us. We can say things that aren't very good and impeccable with our word and we can all knock people and judge and do all those things, all of that side of life and pity parties and going below the line and making excuses and in denial and never taking responsibility. All of that's actually easy, in my humble opinion. That's the easy part. The hardest part is how do you find courage and grace and strength and dignity? How do you find deep in your heart the ability to love all and serve all, even though you've been trampled on? How do you find the power of forgiveness? How do you find the ability to love yourself and love others, even when your heart has been shattered into a thousand pieces? Mm. How do we keep living and existing when we know that we've been beaten up, trodden on, spat on, and whipped out in such a way that we don't even feel like there's even something worth living for anymore? So I think what I have been brought to do with my challenges, and I'm sure um, what I've been through, is to give me a place, if for want of a better word, and I think this is it, is to be humble, humbled by the experience of being a human and humbled to realise that everybody has a story and humbled to understand that everybody's interpretation and perception of that story would be different of mine even if you told it to me. So I think we are all unique We all have a beautiful part to play in this thing called humanity. And it is through our experiences and it is through our decisions to rise above and push ourselves that inspires someone else to do the same. And ultimately, if we can do that as a community, as a, as a, as a group and as a family, uh, then ultimately, in my humble opinion, that is what we're doing it for. We're here for the greater good of all, not just ourselves. Oh, they're beautifully wise words, Kimmy. And I must, um, I must acknowledge, like a lot of listeners and a lot of people that love your work, my beautiful wife, Sarah, has a copy of The Art of Self-Love by her bed, uh, your wonderful book, and she uses it as a resource. And I mention this because I want to ask you on behalf of the listeners that either are experienced in The Art of Self-Love or are listening to the Self-Love podcast for the very first time, Uh, given everything that you've said just makes sense for the people that are like, okay, I'm on board uh, self-love podcast. It's my new number one podcast, but life's busy. 
the kids or my work is eating me alive. I'm just a, a busy human being. I want to make me a priority, but it's overwhelming to even know where to begin. Um, I know you could easily say, just read The Art of Self-Love, but for all of those people listening, it's uh, 350 odd pages long. So you've got to sit down and really live it. I don't want to say, can you hack it? Can you biohack self-love? But for people that are overwhelmed, where is the best place to start on the self-love journey? I think this gives me an opportunity to talk about the six steps that I wrote in the book um, to make it easy and to give you a real brief analysis on that. I've tried really hard to work out maybe as an athlete, I love processes and programs. I love step-by-step. I love guides. I like to know there's a pathway to follow. And so after, you know, researching so many people for over three or four years, actually transcribing their talks, listening to all the gurus through Hay House and all the wellness summits and all the different people that I look up to spiritually, I finally decided that there was a six-step process. And so if you are busy, you know, we can make the excuse that we don't have time and money to look after ourselves. And I totally hear it. It's a great and valid excuse. But there's no reason why you should not still make it a priority. So that's why I knew that coming up with some process and to make it easy for everybody, no matter how much time or how little time you have, how much money or how little money you have, there's always a way. Let's face it, Marcus, if we do not invest into our health and wellness and our self-care and self-love, then I can assure you sickness and mental health and issues will hit us straight between the eyes and in the heart at some point. So the first step to me is awareness. Awareness that you're really busy. Awareness that you don't have as much money as you'd like to spend on your time uh, on yourself. Awareness that you don't have all the time in the world to do this. Awareness is the first step. Awareness that you're going through a real sucky period of your life right now or awareness that you just don't feel great about yourself. You, You sabotage yourself. You don't believe in who you are. You're ugly, you're fat, you're overweight, you're skinny, you're tall, you're short, you you haven't got hair, you've got heaps of hair. I don't know, whatever it is, we have all these stories that go on between our two ears. So awareness that you're doing that is the first step. And And having the the courage to do that is big, isn't it? To actually go, I acknowledge that I don't make time for myself. It's almost like the alcoholics going, I acknowledge that I'm an alcoholic. It's I think that's a it's easy to say awareness, but it's a lot harder to do for a lot of people, isn't it? So I, I just want to make sure listeners don't understate the importance of the first step and go, oh, yeah, but I, I'm aware. But there's there's awareness and then there's a real awareness, isn't there? Yes, and, and many spiritual leaders talk about that as being the observer rather than the participant. And so you're actually looking at yourself. You're evaluating your life. You're aware that you're not perhaps doing things as well as you could. You're absolutely right. It's I didn't want to fluff over it either, but you, you're dead right. It's important to make that point. Um, as soon as you're aware, the first step, the next step that you do is self-care. There is no no doubt in my mind that self-care is the fast-track pathway to self-love. It might be, because I'm an aromatherapist, a three-second aroma spritzer, where you spritz yourself with a couple of oils and water, take in three deep breaths. We know that the best way to calm the sympathetic nervous system, which is when we are usually stressed with anxiety and fear and all of those things, when that we're in a state of sympathetic dominance, we know that we're on high energy, high alert, and we're sometimes often not sleeping very well, we're not being very nice people, maybe we're um, we're finding we don't even like ourselves very much. That is that is an obvious sight that we are in sympathetic dominance. And there's two very simple steps in self-care that transport and stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system within seconds. One is deep breathing. 
really nice active deep breath breaths and the second one is gratitude being really grateful for what you do have in your life not what you don't have and for some of us some days that's just saying that I'm grateful the sun is shining or I'm grateful that I have a family or I'm grateful my car drove well today just having an attitude of gratitude and taking deep breaths is the simplest most inexpensive and time efficient way to take care of yourself and then we can extend into things like using the oils in a diffuser User, taking magnesium baths, walking outside with two feet, standing bare feet, looking up to the sky and taking a deep breath, hugging trees, going for walks, being in nature, having a massage, doing a facial, putting on a mask, painting your nails. Like I could, I could give you a multitude of things. <laughs> You've been thinking about this, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> you could do a multitude or one or just one of these things, reading a beautiful book, reading a quote, um, listening to a podcast, listening to something that uplifts you. There all parts of self-care um, eating well and nourishing your body and those cells those 50 trillion cells that make up the human body nourishing the inside and the outside with the best you possibly can none of those things have to cost a lot of time or money so when I hear people say I don't have time to make self-love a priority I'm actually saying well then you're saying that you're not worthy mm-hmm. and you may need therapy or to listen to more podcasts or to see more people and understand that your self-love has a ripple effect and you might not think it has an imprint on this planet but I believe energetically psychologically physiologically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually your footprint has an imprint on all of us you don't even have to say it Marcus for me to know whether or not you're up or down your energy your aura your your space your eyes tell me whether or not you're happy or whether you're exhausted or whether or not you feel good about yourself Do my I eyes so- tell you that I've got four kids under 10 at the moment <laughs> 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 yeah, there's a difference between being choosing, you know, to to, to sabotage yourself by having four children. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, I told or you, we choose our challenges. I'm, I'm a big believer that choosing to have four kids is choosing a harder life. Um, in a in a good way. That's why yes. that's why I think it's really important that everyone here has chosen challenges consciously. Whether it's starting a business, I mean, you're forty thousand dollar in the whole business before you launched. I mean, your friend was right. You actively said the universe is going to say is testing me. What well, what's my definition? Well, am I going to say you know how bad do I really want it? I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely crucial. And everything that you've just mentioned there is for me just a reminder of how important step one is step two without step one is not sustainable because you've never really owned how how whether where your self-worth is um and whether you've decided that it is something that you're going to do forever otherwise it's fad you know taking deep breaths and being grateful and all the rest of it um that awareness is is everything i don't want to cut you off though kimmy i'm sure you're about to go into step three and, and you've already said it but i want to reiterate it so far everything you've said is time efficient and cost efficient so yes. I think that's so important for people to recognize this does not have to be an expensive or even a financial exercise. It's really the asset of time and, and self-worth, self-love. Uh, great name for the podcast because it is, it's, it's, it's the main ingredient. And it's so important that we understand that it is the foundation for all. We all know that um, you can meet a 16-year-old that's beautiful and you can meet an 80-year-old that's just as beautiful. It's never about our age, our hair colour, our size. It's that sparkle. And I remember when I asked a whole lot of people from the age of 5 to 95, what does beauty mean to you? I will never forget little six-year-old Mia's quote, which was, beauty is being yourself but with a sparkle. And I've never forgotten 
gotten there. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter, as I said, how you look or feel. If you have that inner spark and you have the ability to continually work on that inner spark, then this is my friend step three, which is discipline, self-discipline. Unless you're willing to put in the work and the effort to constantly pull yourself up, out, over, and through the challenges, but also stand in the celebration of the joys and the love of life, so then you see, Marcus, really, when we can apply the act of discipline, that is when we really do get into the art of taking care of ourselves and being mindful that we have to practice it over and over. It doesn't just become something that you do once and it's ensconced forever. We all know to evolve as a human being, it takes time, it takes energy, and it takes a commitment to ourselves for the never-ending pathway of learning. You yourself know that you would never have got a degree without discipline. There's no way you and Sarah would have had four children and taken care of yourselves in the way that you have without discipline of some sort. There's no way you would have written your book without discipline. There's no way that we get healthier or lose weight or become better uh, evolved humans without discipline. So from my point of view, Marcus, I believe this is one of the steps that is really critical to all things. Like you said before, we can do self-care, but without awareness, it can it, it's nothing. But then adding in not doing the discipline and repeating those patterns and creating good habits, it also will mean nothing. The first three steps, as far as I'm concerned, in the art of self-love is really the doing. You have to do the work in order to have an outcome. When you talk about doing the work, the next step in the self-love circle is self-control. Is that not also... A doing or is that what you're saying is where this transformation begins to take place where you feel yourself um, becoming a different person because of the the discipline um, you know the self-care and the awareness that you've generated um, in the first three steps of the self-love circle you think about it if we were going to do an eight-week transformation program at the gym and we were and we took on a nutrition and a weights program for eight weeks day one of week nine I face plant a chocolate cake I have completely missed the point of what those eight weeks were. The whole point of becoming disciplined with ourselves, our self-care, our health, our wellness, our ability to contribute and become better and more evolved humans is the fact that we actually are using it as a step and a pathway of our involvement, not just a small part, which is why when we lead into self-control, I believe it's more about we have better self-control around the way we behave, around the, the choices we make with food, the choices we make with the words we speak, the choices we make around how people trigger us. We, The more we do the work with awareness, care and discipline, the more we're aware that things are triggering us as opposed to what that person said or done. And where we go into self-control is where you, where you have the ability to start being the work as opposed to doing the work. And isn't it interesting to have an air of curiosity here where someone might say something and before and you can feel it burning up in your stomach and you want to erupt or be angry and then you go, hang on a minute, it's not the person what have they just said that's triggered in me? And why am I responding to that trigger? What, what's going on? That is the power of self-control, is going after and being curious around why you're making decisions that may not be serving you. Oh, this is, I'm having my own ahas as you say this, because you often talk about the power of habits and the power of rituals. And, and you often talk about from a 28 perspective, how long it takes to develop, I suppose, the habit of wonderful self, self-care self rituals. Um, 
self-control, a bit like we were saying earlier in the interview, that, um, that, that awareness has to take place before self-care can really begin to manifest. Self-control cannot really occur until you've created the discipline uh, and the self-care before it and the awareness. Um, it's not going to happen, is it? It's going to be, you're going to almost be having to police yourself all day and that becomes exhausting and is unsustainable. So those first three steps have to be done before you start trying to um, control or improve your behaviour, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, to, be, to get a degree in journalism, you don't just start day one and do all the steps on day one or week one of your university degree and then next week you're an unbelievable bona fide yeah. uh, journalist that's got all the experience under their wings. It's, it's just not how it works. It takes time and I would love nothing more than for people to appreciate that spending time on ourselves, investing into our learning and education, listening to amazing podcasts, incredible people, sharing our stories, being raw, being vulnerable, being real. Sometimes it's okay to have a pity party. Sometimes it's okay to have a right little gripe with someone. But you want to make sure that the people you have the gripes with also call you on your BS as well. And they're going to be the ones that turn around and go, all right, you've had it. That's enough now. Let's step it up. What are you going to do to get back to who you truly are? And that is a place of love. And this is where uh, it almost feels like uh, the rubber hits the road on the self-care circle because the next the next uh, step is self-respect. And I think what you're saying is that's almost more important when times are tough because when times are great, it almost feels easier to do. But when uh, challenge strikes, where do you go? And I'm sure that's where um, the self-love circle really probably comes into its own. Absolutely. If you think about it, let's go back to the eight-week body transformation gym and food program. And when you've gone through that and you realize you actually don't want those sugar treats or those things with chemicals in them and you do feel better for going, you've got a whole lot of amazing chemicals running through your body that you've manufactured for yourself. You know when you feel good when you eat certain foods or when you do a certain exercise. So now you're very aware of how your body functions in a way better way or not. It might not be the answer for you. You might be better with yoga or it might be better with running or it's always been, it's up for conversation always and, of course, always changing. But where it really comes to the fore is if you really respect yourself and you've learnt what you've learnt through people like maybe Cindy O'Meara with her nutritional information or all the people on the Wellness Couch podcast that we get the absolute benefit of hearing people like Damien Christoph and Stephanie and all these amazing souls, then with self-respect, there's no way you would go and buy a chemically laden soft drink and drink that. Not if you've learnt and mastered what it was to actually get this machine, this body of yours working really well. Mm. With self-respect, you're not going to go and do that. Or if you do have something like that or you drink a bottle of wine or you overindulge and you have too much dessert or whatever, you're doing it with awareness and you know that over the next few days, I'm going to have a ball tonight. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And tomorrow I'm going to do my juicing and cleansing or whatever and I'll pick myself back up again. But it's also giving yourself permission. Mm. And there's a beautiful word in New Zealand. It's mana. And it, it's really hard to articulate in English, but you see it in a lot of sports clubs and you see it around the culture of Māori that often when people lose themselves and they're not in a place of self-love or they've fallen off the wagon or they've disrespected the culture, they've lost their mana, their essence, their core, their, their self-love, their spirit. So when we build on all these foundations, we realise that with that comes, and with self-respect and mana, you won't tolerate someone speaking to you badly. You might not need to react to them the way you did in the past, 
but now you're actually looking at them with a real curiosity of wow I don't I actually don't have to put up with this anymore or self-respect sometimes means moving out of a business relationship or calling it quits on a relationship or hanging in there with a relationship. I'm not saying what the answer is. I'm just, I created these steps because to me, they evolved in such a way that allowed us to be human and have our constraints and our weaknesses and our faults and all the things that we question, but then also to really appreciate the strengths and the beauty and the wisdom and the knowledge and the desire to learn and open up. Uh the self-love circle, like you said, it's a step-by-step process. Uh, is there, I mean, I know we've still got one to go here, but do you feel like there's a step uh, that is harder than another? Do you have like a soft spot for a certain step based on your experiences with people that you go, this is the one? Because self-respect to me is like you're putting a line in the sand to what your standards are, what you accept, what you don't accept. For me, it's like, when you talk about it, I'm like, that's really where if you don't nail that, then you've done the eight-week challenge and you face-planted a chocolate cake and you go back to all of the old habits and it's like you just you never quite finished the game. Like, do you have a step here that you think this is, for want of a better term, the most important step? I think when we're in the throes of challenge and we're lying on our bathroom floor or we're feeling down or we've had story after story or issue after issue or problem after problem and sometimes it's that accumulation effect that just tips us over the edge. I think the sometimes it's even hard to think self-respect or think mm. how to control myself. So that's where the, the being of the work, it's not even in your vocabulary. It's so true. It's a phrase. So, <laughs> <laughs> how do I self-respect more whilst I'm in the middle of a meltdown in the bathroom? <laughs> it's just not in your vocabulary. So, so I think it's, it always leads you back to I'm having a bad moment. Even if you mm. say that, life sucks right now. Yeah. And then the next step to me, the most enjoyable and easiest step is self-care, in my humble opinion, because then you can go and make a green drink. You can go and have a cup of peppermint tea and sit in the sun. You can take a deep breath with an essential oil and know that as you do that, can be grateful for one thing. So to me, self-care, as I said, is the fast-track pathway to self-love. And it's that those habits and knowing that that's what's going to get you up and out of this hole. Mm. That's the only thing because no one's going to do it for you, Marcus. It's not like I'm going to turn around to you exhausted with four children and go, you know what? I've booked you and Sarah. I'm going to come down and look after the kids for a week. You're going to Gwangana, the pair of you. <laughs> so we just, you know, very are you, few... when are you coming, please? <laughs> Don't very, do that to me. Very few of us ever have someone come in and offer that. And even if you do have all the money to go and take yourself away for a week, that might be a great thing to do if you're still willing. You're still going to have to do the work, Marcus. Mm. You don't just, that's another band-aid unless you're willing to learn from the experiences or step into the truth of who you really are and what you're meant to learn. I always remember doing a seven-day juice cleanse in a group in Fiji and when we went back to the airport, one of the cleansers was having a meat pie and a beer. (laughs) Five (laughs) minutes after, everyone said how you finish the cleanse and what you do afterwards is more important than the cleanse itself. And there he was. And I'm like, that's exactly what you've just said. There's no use doing the cleanse all the time. It's easy to do, like you said, and I'm so glad you said it. The self-care really is in many ways the easy part. Um, it's, it's the doing, but it's what happens when challenge strikes and the rest. Do you want to uh, close the circle uh, yes. with the final step um, before we move on? 
Yes, self-acceptance is, is where when I, I believe when you've got the awareness, you're taking care of yourself, you're doing everything you can, no matter how many more knocks come your way, you're applying the discipline, you're not going to give up on yourself. Even if you miss a day, you get back in the game the next day, or even if you have a meltdown, you still step up. The discipline is to continuously keep going. You start to realize there's a shift, and the shift is when we become more in control of our thoughts, emotions, and triggers. And then with that self-control, we're more respectful of ourselves and others and humanity and our imprint and footprint and how we act in this world and of course that leads us to accepting ourselves warts and all we accept that some days we're a great mum there's days where I've turned around and I can honestly say to you I think I've been a terrible mum maybe moments not days but moments I've been a terrible mum and if the television cameras were shining into my house some days and it was being exported out to the world which is what one of my therapists said to me one day when I said I was losing it um I would be mortified that they could see me screaming at my children. Um, but then I'd also be really proud if they shine out the days that I haven't taken on mm. the concerns and worries and I've actually been a really good support and wise teacher for my children. Mm. So acceptance to me is accepting our greatness and our constraints, knowing that we have the light and the dark. There is always a shadow side to all of us. And my girlfriend always says, we each have the San Andreas fault line running through us. It's just a case of when the crack's going to open and what's going to crack you open in a good way and sometimes not a good way. And I think that is the power of learning. That is the beauty of becoming an extraordinary human. And throughout all of that, if you do not know what to do, my grandmother always said, if you don't know what your purpose is, if you don't know what you're doing here, if you don't know what to do with yourself, serve others, do things for other people, care for other people, be kind. And I just think that's why I sign off all my emails, all my things, take care, be kind. It's mm -hmm. If you really think about the words when I say that to you, take care, Marcus. I genuinely mean, please take care of yourself. You're really special to me. You're someone who matters to me. And then when I say be kind, I'm saying be kind to yourself, be kind to your wife, your children, your home, your animals, your environment, your community, your, your planet. And those words are really strong words if we choose to listen to them and act on them. So I don't say those words in closing the circle very lightly either. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. Love the self-love circle, Kimmy, and it's uh, helped so many people and it will help many people on this podcast over the journey. Uh, and it is a great uh, compendium. It's obviously a big part um, of the Art of Self-Love book uh, and it will no doubt be a constant theme of the Self-Love podcast. The specifics of the podcast, what do you want um, listeners to get out of the podcast? What do you want this podcast to represent in their life? I sincerely hope it becomes a place where you can tune in each week, listen to a story and either be grateful for your life <laughs> and, and really be mindful that, yeah, things aren't so bad or listening to it to support and be the caregiver or supporter for someone else. And when you hear what other people experience and go through, sometimes it's the carers, the people watching people in pain that get forgotten. So I want people to know that if they see other people in pain or they're experiencing tragedy or trauma or upset or heart heartache, there's a place where you can go and listen. And maybe one of those interviews, one of those podcasts would be the thing that you could send to that person to have them feel that you care. Because sometimes, isn't it, it's difficult to actually articulate, to say to someone, it'll be okay. When yeah. 
we don't know and we don't no. know what it's going to look like. So, yeah. But it's the kindest thing to do is to keep educating and supporting and, and showing up. So that's what I want on the, the releases of the interviews. And then with my self-love quickies, so we do two a week, the self-love quickies are really my way of giving you a quick tip for self-care, quick tips or something around a beautiful oil that I love or a herb that I've learned about. Or I might interview someone very quickly about their knowledge around a certain supplement or just all the little quick tips, the how-tos, the, the give me the tools. That's going to be the tools, our self-love quickies. I love it. I love it. And it, and it is consistent with your personality that you found some terminology that is somewhat, um, uh, what's the word? Um, what's the word where it's ambiguous. I love your ambiguity, Kimmy. You've done it again. Um, now, I want to just ask you, because I know you've got some great guests coming up. Can you give us a little tease of who you're going to be interviewing um, on the Self Love Podcast? I have. I've got, well, yourself. Um, I can't wait to share that interview. Um, Of course, a number of the people on the self-love, sorry, on the Wellness Couch uh, podcast, because each of them may not have been interviewed from this angle with a deep dive into being cracked open. Uh, We've got the beautiful Guy Lawrence. I've got Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith. I've got Australia's Telstra Businesswoman of the Year. Her story is unfreaking believable. I've got the Blogger of the Year. She's amazing. We've got, um, I've got some big picture, big people that I've, I've put the request out to. None of them have not said no yet. So there's some <laughs> international um, people that I've really looked up to. I've also got some of my teachers that I have, um, I've felt really proud to have been in their work. And I've, I'm really looking forward to sharing their wisdom and knowledge as well. But I'm not, I'm not short on guests, I can tell you that much. Oh, well, we cannot wait to hear all about it. We, um, we are so excited, and I, t- I say this on behalf of all of the listeners, that you have uh, begun your own podcast. Uh, we can't get enough of you. And to be able to hear you every week and to get a couple of quickies with you every week, Kimmy, is going to be exciting. Uh, so thank you very much for creating the Self Love Podcast. All the very best with it. And it's been an honor and a joy to interview you today, Kim Morrison. Thank you so much, beautiful Marcus Pierce and the Wellness Couch. It's a privilege. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.